Live from the downtown studio, the Flames Talk postgame show starts now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Let's get our postgame coverage underway. It is your Flames Talk postgame show right now following a 3-2 shootout loss on the road in Washington. Yeah, welcome to Flames Talk postgame. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. The phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Text line is open, 960-960. Lots of postgame reaction to get to tonight from you and from Capital One Arena in Washington as the Flames fall to 1-1-1. and on the season. Megan Mickelson, Derek Wills with us as well. And second straight game, Mick, where the Flames have themselves a lead. This time it was after 20, but it was a multi-goal lead. And it turns out this time in a shootout loss. So not as dramatic or as uh, kind of... um, um, Devastating. Devastating. That's a good way of putting it. uh, As the Pittsburgh loss was on Saturday, but still a quick swing in the second period. And the Caps are able to come away with the two points. Calgary only gets one. What do we make it tonight? Well, they were stellar in the first period. That that was probably the best period that we've seen from the Calgary Flames so far this season. They were all over the Washington Capitals and just solid in terms of playing connected, supporting the puck, getting pucks to the net, trying to get to the front of the net. They did everything right in that period and then just inconsistencies in the second period and let the lead slip away. That's something that they're going to need to nail down moving forward here is making sure that when they do get the lead that they don't let it slide. And then they had a lot of chances in the third period and particularly they had two power plays yep. and a penalty shot. So those Forgot are, about the penalty shot. Those Blake are, Coleman, that's right. <laughs> those are situations where you need to capitalize, especially in a tie hockey game and find a way to, to put one away. But I do think that they showed a lot of resiliency and character in the way that they played in the third period, um, in their effort. So, I mean, I feel like it's kind of the the same thing as the last game in that there's good things to take away and not so good things to take away. But at the end of the day, you can't let good teams have – an opportunity to get back in a hockey game when you have the lead. This league is too good now, so something they'll need to keep an eye on. I hate that I'm thinking this, and I hate that I'm about to say this, but the last two games reminded me way too much of so many games that we called last season mm-hmm. where the Flames would outshoot, outattempt, outchance, outplay their opponent, but not outscore them. Mm-hmm. And, and it's... It's something they've got to figure out. They did a lot of good things in the first 40 minutes in Pittsburgh on Saturday, and then they give up three goals in less than six minutes to start the third period, and what looked like not a comfortable but a secure one nothing lead suddenly becomes a 3-1 deficit, and you're chasing the game. And then you got to get away from what you were doing that made you so effective in the first 40 minutes of that game. And in this game, I mean, just completely dominant. I agree with you 100%, mm-hmm. Megan. The first period against the Capitals tonight, the best period the Flames have played all season long. And they deserved to have the lead, and they did have a 2 nothing lead. Could have been a bigger lead. And they just weren't good enough in the final 45 minutes, couldn't score another goal, and 
that left the door open for the Capitals to come back and win. Going to head back to Capital One Arena now in Washington to get some immediate post-game reaction. Final score, uh, 3-2 in a shootout. Washington beats Calgary, and uh, let's head back to Washington and check in with Adam Rizicka. Had a goal and an assist in this game in the first period today. Adam, appreciate the time this evening. Uh, just uh, yeah. how, how, uh, how do you see this one? How did you see this one for the team tonight? Well, it's unfortunate, right? We play really, really hard, and uh, we just got to get those bounces, and uh, eventually we're going to win some games. What What did you like about your group tonight? What did uh, the team do well tonight? Oh, we were, we were really good all over the, all over the place, and uh, I thought that we were hungry for the puck, and uh, and uh, we were really competing well. What? Uh, I, I, let's let's start with the goal that you scored yeah. to make it one nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you see that one developing? How did it all shape up for you? It's kind of a set play off the draw. Uh, I was in the right spot at the right time. Uh, it was a beautiful pass, and I just had a pretty easy job to finish it up. And then uh, you get the assist, one of the assists on Dylan's yeah. redirect in the first period mm-hmm. as well. What what did you like about that power play in particular that led to the goal? I thought that we were moving puck really well in the second power play, and uh, we were putting pucks to the net, and uh, we were doing the right things, and we were on the same page. And and a last question for you, Adam. You've uh, you've played with lots of different players over the last few yeah. years, but uh, tell us specifically about playing with Nazem Kadri as your center. How have you liked that? Yeah, I think we got some good chemistry there. We just gotta keep playing together and uh, uh, play each and every game the same way we did, we did tonight. And uh, I think we're gonna be a really good line together. Adam, appreciate the time. Good luck on Thursday, hey? That is Adam Ruzicka postgame in Washington. Goal and an assist for him as Ruzicka, Dubé, and Hannafin all pick up two points in the first period as the Flames opened up a 2-0 lead before Washington comes back in the second and eventually wins it in the shootout. Flames talk postgames underway with Derek Wills, Megan Mickelson. My name is Pat Steinberg. Uh, our marquee matchup tonight, by the way, brought to you by Country Hills Toyota, uh, was we were focusing on Matthew Phillips. And uh, look, we don't, we don't usually, Derek, spend a lot of time on the opposing team on our Flames Talk postgame show but uh, tonight that was that was pretty special for Matthew Phillips against his hometown team in just his second NHL game with his new team scores his first NHL goal to get the caps on the board then about three minutes later has the primary assist on the equalizer uh, that was a pretty cool night for Matt Phillips it sure was. And we talked about him on the Daily Calgary Flames roundtable today. Never really got a chance to, to prove that he was or wasn't an NHLer here. And as I said to you earlier today, Pat, I think the Flames management group, the old one and the new one, and even some members of the coaching staff wanted to give him a little bit longer look, a lot longer look maybe mm-hmm. last season than he got playing in only a couple of games and uh, not really being put in a position to succeed in those games. So I I can't blame him for wanting to try somewhere else. And the Capitals gave him a one-way contract, so he's going to make NHL money regardless if he's playing in Washington or in Hershey. And he's got to take care of himself financially. But, you know, I think uh, more important than, than that side of things was just getting a chance to prove that he can play in the best league in the world. And... I think the jury is still out on that, but uh, a great first two steps for Matthew Phillips tonight as he picks up his first two NHL points, a goal and an assist against his hometown team and the team that drafted him in the sixth round, 166th overall, and took a chance on him. 
I, I'm happy for the kid. Uh, and as I said to you during the second intermission, Megan, if this game had been played against any other team, a lot of the people who cheered for Matthew Phillips and supported Matthew Phillips on his road to the NHL wouldn't have been able to watch or listen. Mm-hmm. But the game was on in Calgary on Sportsnet. So all of his family and all of his friends were tuned in. And uh, I feel pretty good for those people, too. And it's a it's a great story, right? Yeah. You, you like to hear about people that work hard and they get rewarded. So looking at Matthew Phillips and just seeing his reaction after he scored that goal, and you can tell just the emotion and the relief. There had to have been a lot of pressure on him coming into this game, a lot of it probably coming from himself in mm-hmm. that he wanted to show that he deserves to play in the NHL. And I think one thing that really impressed me about his game tonight is that he played to his strengths. Mm-hmm. And that's something that he's gone into Washington. He's been a good fit. He plays a similar style in terms of what they're looking for and brings a lot of really great intangibles. But in terms of having confidence, despite his size and the knocks on him being a smaller player, he played with a lot of confidence tonight as well. Yep. He did. And some players can contribute consistently without scoring goals or producing points mm-hmm. in this league, I don't think he's going to be one of those guys. If he's going to stay in this league, mm-hmm. he's going to have to score goals and produce points. So for him to get a couple of monkeys off his back with his first goal and first assist tonight, it's got to help the confidence and uh, probably extend his stay, I would think. A um, few observations on on this game tonight. On the positive side, uh, Mick, another solid game, special teams-wise, especially on the penalty kill, the way they bared down on that third-period PK and then the 95-second overtime PK was really impressive. So that uh, will come away as a positive. They score a power play goal, but then they don't score on those two power play opportunities they have in the third period. And, you know, that's all the old, uh, it's not how many, it's when you get them. And on, on this night, they probably would have liked to have just that one more in the in the third period but you know I special teams has actually been a decent strength for them early on they're now 10 for 10 on the PK and and I thought uh, you made reference of of Dan Lambert when he spoke yesterday at practice and said yeah you know statistically it's good but we're giving up too many chances I did a much better job against a pretty potent Washington power play in this game tonight Yeah, this is the type of coaching staff that even when they're doing well in an area, they're still going to look at how can we be better. And that's Dan Lambert's job with the penalty kill is to make sure that they're being as good as they can be. And so making the adjustments that they needed to make against a high-octane offense, Washington Capitals, their penalty kill looked much better in terms of their structure, sticks in the lanes, all of the details that you need to be good on the penalty kill. They did a nice job of making those adjustments and and being effective, and that's going to continue to be an area, if that's your strength or one of your strengths is is the penalty kill, that's going to need to be a strong point for them moving forward. And that's been a strength for a number of years. Mm -hmm. Ryan Husker was in charge of it prior to getting promoted and now Dan Lambert is in charge of it and has picked up the ball and and run with it so to speak and the Flames have played three games this year and they've won the special teams battle in all three of them and usually if you win the special teams battle you've got a great chance to win the game so the fact that they're now 1-1-1 despite having won the special teams battle in all three of those games uh, tells me they're going to have to be better in some other areas and hey Uh, With the shootout goal aside, 
If you give up two goals in this league in 65 minutes, you should win way more often than Mm -hmm. you lose. So the Flames, even though, yeah, there's still some stuff to clean up defensively, they're going to have to start taking advantage of more of their chances offensively. For me, that's kind of what I take away from this game tonight. Well, they were uh, five-on-five slot chances at natural stat trick were 10-4 uh, for Calgary. And then when you count in the power plays, 14-9. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely uh, that's an area that uh, we'll, uh, we'll need to see continue to improve in that regard, finishing on some of their more quality chances. Yeah, and especially uh, two power plays that they had in the third and the penalty shot. You have to put one of those away. Yep. And if you, you do, you probably to. win the hockey exactly. game in regulation yep. time. For sure. Uh, okay, phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Text line open 960-960. Get to you very shortly. But right now, uh, let's select tonight's hardest working flame. Brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Are you the hardest working plumber or HVAC tech? Canyon is hiring. Send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Megan Mickelson is up with tonight's hardest working flame. I'm going to give it to Dylan Dubé with one goal and one assist. You played in all situations and three shots on net and six shot attempts. And not only that, statistically looked like he had a good game, but the details of his game as well. He was hard on the forecheck. That's the type of game that he needs to play. He needs to get down low and and try to get into those greasy, dirty areas. I thought he did a good job of that. And as well, in the defensive end, I thought he played responsibly and made smart decisions with the puck. So he's my pick tonight. Dylan Dubé is your hardest working flame. Brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best. Send your resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. 3-2 the final score. Caps beat the Flames in a shootout at Capital One Arena. To your phone calls and texts very shortly. But let's get some final thoughts from our broadcast duo, uh, Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills, as the Flames head on to Buffalo to take on the Sabres for the next game on Thursday night. Final thoughts starting with Mick. Stellar start. Let it slip away. Need to play a consistent 60 minutes and just nail down those details of their game and make sure when you get the lead, you don't let it slip away. And then when you have the opportunity to capitalize and to score on power plays, multiple power plays and a penalty shot in a tie game in the third period, you have to put it away. But on a positive note, like the work ethic, like the character, like the resiliency, a lot of good things to take away. Yeah, that's really well said. Uh, Sorry, Flames fans, but congratulations to Matthew Phillips. Mm -hmm. I would have preferred if uh, he would have scored his first NHL goal and picked up his first NHL assist against another team, but he does it against his hometown team. He does it against uh, a team, an organization that he spent six seasons with, uh, and I tip my cap to him. Uh, He has overcome the odds. Mm -hmm. He has proven so many people wrong at every single level, and now he's taking a step towards doing that at the highest level. So congratulations to Matthew Phillips. Uh, Again, I come away from this game thinking the Flames did a lot of really good things. And I I said it at the start of the pregame show. I'll say it again. What bothers me is that I felt that way on so many nights last season. And ultimately, the team missed the playoffs. So they've got to get it figured out. Uh, They've got to do a better job taking advantage of their opportunities offensively they've still got to clean some stuff up defensively but they do pick up a point tonight and uh, every point matters as we learned last season so uh, I do think that uh, as far as the process is concerned guys 
they're heading in the right direction. I think they're playing better hockey as we move forward. Now they just have to start getting the right results. They've got three games left on the season-long five-game, 10-day road trip. And after a couple of days off, another opportunity in Buffalo against the Sabres on Thursday. It's Thursday night. Thank you, friends. Have a good rest of uh, your Tuesday, and uh, we'll see the rest of your Monday, rather. We'll see you on, uh, we'll see you on Thursday. Good night yeah. and good luck. Uh, Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills signing off as we continue along on your Flames Talk postgame show on this Monday night. Final score, 3-2 in a shootout. Washington beats Calgary. The phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. The text line is open at 960. 960 phone lines jammed text line uh maybe not as jammed we can still get lots of texts and they usually come in as the show goes along as well but start getting your thoughts in following this one lots to get to as we continue along we'll also head back inside the flames locker room here from head coach ryan huska and a whole lot more get your calls in get your texts in flames talk post game is available on apple spotify google amazon or wherever you get your podcast and of course is part of your flames talk podcast feed your phone calls and texts coming up next this is your flames talk post game and this is calgary flames hockey on sportsnet 960 the fan the flames talk post game show continues from the downtown studio on sportsnet 960 the fan following a Flames shootout loss on the road in Washington. Our Flames Talk postgame show continues. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, live after every game right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. My name is Pat Steinberg. Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Text lines open at 960-960. We'll get to both the phone lines and the text line in just a second. But right now, let's head back to Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. and hear from head coach Ryan Huska. He just finished talking postgame following his team's shootout loss. Coach, I, uh, I'm sure you would have liked the second point, but uh, what did you make of your group's work here tonight? I thought we had a, it was a good night. I mean, it, for a road game, this is a, a pretty good one for us. And I would say when you look at our three games, we've gotten better every game. And that's what we want to keep seeing. So the way we play tonight is the way we'd like to continue to play. A number of guys, I, I've made yourself included this morning, talked about starts. Um, you know, you had to have been pleased with that type of first period. Yeah, for sure. Um, I thought we skated and I thought we did a good job of managing the puck better than what we have in the first couple games. So it's a step in the right direction for us for sure. Yes, we would have wanted the extra point, no doubt. And that at the end of the day is what it's all about, but um, we're getting there. I asked you last game if you felt like that one got away from you. Different game yeah. completely, but yeah. did you feel like this one got away from you? No. I, well, no, I don't. I mean, this is... Um, you're on the road, you know, there's going to be a little bit of momentum shift from time to time, and I thought we stayed with it tonight, where in Pittsburgh we didn't. Um, uh, you'd like the power play to capitalize on one of the chances late in the game for sure, um, but I thought in overtime our penalty kill stood up for us in, in the situation you don't want to put yourself in, but I don't feel like we, we gave this one up tonight, no. You, yeah, power play goal in each game so far, I mean, I, I'm sure you kind of look at those ones in the third, I mean, how do you kind of view where it's at right now? And, when you're seeing some production, but maybe just the timing. Yeah. Well, it is the timing, right? We talked about that earlier in the year that there's certain times of a game where you need the power play to generate momentum for you and, and generate some good chances, and that was a time for them to, to take over. So um, they're capable of it. They just didn't get the job done tonight. Not to single one player out of the performance tonight, but I'm curious because we asked you earlier in the season about Anniversary and what you want to see from him this year. Um, is he kind of getting to that level that you were hoping for with all the physical tools you mentioned? Yeah, I, I mean, there's still a ways to go. I, I mean, you know, we started him at, on the fourth line in the middle. Um, you know, 
he, he's just got to he's got to challenge himself a lot of times too to make sure he's consistent because as we mentioned like the size that he has and the way he can protect the puck um, he can do a lot of things really well so sometimes it's up to the player in regards to how good they actually want to be is that the, that first period the way you described it with speed and second chances I mean is that is that kind of when when your team's at its best what it'll look like or what it could look like um, that's yeah I mean, it's about taking away time and space, and it's about not giving much room to your um, opponent and trying to make them give the puck back to you. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. So I felt we did a good job in the first period uh, controlling most of the play and just weren't able to get it finished tonight. What did you see as the difference in that second period when they were able to tie it? Um, oh, boy, the difference. I don't know. We scored a couple of goals. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> They're, they've got some guys that can shoot, the guys that can score. Uh, unfortunately, on their first goal that they got, we had a chance back door that we missed a tap in. Um, and sometimes that's the way it works. They come back down the other end and they score. And, um, it, it happens sometimes. There you go. That is head coach Ryan Huska post game following his team's 3 2 shootout loss as uh, the Flames drop to 1 1 and 1 on the season. Game four coming up Thursday in Buffalo. Hey, look, I'm, I'm kind of where the head coach is. I thought there were lots of positives. I thought the Flames were a pretty solid team. There was that stretch there in the second period where they allowed the two goals in about three and just over three minutes' time to turn a 2 nothing lead into a 2 2 tie. But I I thought that they managed the puck well. I thought that they controlled the puck more, far more at 5-on-5 five five than Washington did. There was one or two stretches where the Caps kind of turned it up and pushed back a little bit, but I would say good majority of the game, puck was Calgary's. I also, the so the next step becomes, because I thought they did a decent job of turning their zone time, turning their possession time into some quality opportunities, but now it's all about, as, as Mick said a little earlier, Okay, they generated 14 slot opportunities, including 10 at 5-on-5. Five five. Okay, well, now it's time to really drill down and make sure you convert on them, like a penalty shot in the third period or like two power plays in a tie game in the third period as well. So I, I, I think there were lots to lots of things to like in this game, um, and I come away thinking, okay, well, they, they didn't pick up the full point. It wasn't perfect. Uh, I think this is their uh, most complete game I've seen of the three so far. Uh, they won the game against Winnipeg, despite uh, it was just not the greatest uh, overall effort. They lost the game against Pittsburgh, played well for two-thirds, and then had that rough stretch in the third. And then tonight, I thought they actually played pretty well. They get it to extra time. They can't get the extra point in the shootout. Um, look, if that was game 73 and they needed the win, I'd be a little bit more, uh, don't know if you can take positives from it. In game three, I know that two points now is as important as two points in April. I'm aware of that, but I think that there were things that you can take away from this game and say, yep, there's more building blocks. Let's see what happens in game four. Wasn't perfect, um, but curious to see where uh, our uh, our loyal Flames Talk podcast and Flames Talk post-game listeners are. Uh, I'm also curious as to where they are on the goaltending performance as we move to tonight's Save of the Game, brought to you by Shane Holmes. Jacob Markstrom picks up his uh, third start of the season, and his Save of the Game comes in overtime. Here is Ovechkin, Capitals captain, turns out to center, and drops it off to Kuznetsov. And now 2.45 left in 3-3 three and three overtime. Kuznetsov drives it at, shoots, and Nordstrom makes a marvelous right pad stop 
and keeps this game going. That ends up being one of the 21 stops made by Jacob Markstrom, and that's his save of the game, brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. I mean, there was that stop. There was the penalty shot. Uh, sorry, the breakaway stop on TJ Oshie. Uh, I, he made some He made some 10-bell stops in this one tonight. I thought Markstrom was fine. Um, I, I know the Connor McMichael game tying goal was a bit of a trickler. I'm just watching it on the Sportsnet Melt right now. Uh, and once again, one of those shots where McMichael used the defenseman as the screen, this time it was Weger who kind of got in the eyes of Markstrom, and uh, it was also touched by Weger on the shot. So I, I don't know. I You can tell me it's a bad goal if you want. I, I, I don't. I didn't think it was a great goal, but I don't think it's an egregiously bad goal. Again, I thought Markstrom was fine, was good in the shootout, good on the Kuznetsov play in overtime uh, that you just heard there on the save of the game. I'm fine with Markstrom's game tonight, but I know that that's not always a universally held uh, thought, so we'll see how uh, we'll see how that conversation goes on the phone lines tonight and on the text line tonight. Let's get to the text line at 960-960. Like, I come away from this game far more critical of, okay, now it's time to convert on your opportunities. You generated some slot opportunities. The next step after this game is, okay, well, make good on a few more of those. One more of those. Bear down in the third period. That's more what I come away from um, in, in this game, but we'll see where you are. Uh, we can always have fun conversations. 960-960. This says, same old Flames can't win in overtime and Markstrom can't make a timely save. Again, I think, you know, I don't think that's a fair point but okay um this says uh i don't need to text in just please repeat every text i sent last year double the shots lose a lead lose the game in the third overtime or shootout uh it did have that feel but i get it i know that last year is the most recent year that the flames have played but I don't know. I, I definitely see some things that are different about this team than last year. But yes, game script wise, I can't deny that had a very last year e feel to it. Here's a Dylan and Revy. Uh, Matthew Phillips had a great game, but it's exhausting. You know who else played great? Calgary Flames draft picks Dylan Dubé and Adam Ruzicka. The team played well. Markstrom let a bad goal in and it cost them the game. But I think he bounced back and played great the rest of the game. If he gets 913 goals against, 188 goals against all season, they've got a second place finish in the Pacific in them. Three points in three games while learning a new system isn't the worst in my opinion. This from Sam. Pat, just happy to see Matthew Phillips finally get a shot and have some NHL success. Getting to watch him with the Buffs, the Heat Wranglers, and now in the NHL is very cool. And I think I can safely say the entire city wants him to succeed. Also, of course, he scored the first goal against Calgary. Just our luck. Have a good night. That comes from Sam. This says, I don't think I've ever seen a player go offside more than Nazem Kadri. Bad penalty in overtime, and he gets the final shot in the shootout. I hope he manages to figure it out, but this was the same guy we saw last year who made that awful play in a must-win against Chicago. Uh, this from Mike in Regina. Pat, I'm concerned Huberto won't be able to find that next year. He's a $10 million player, and paychecks like that absolutely need to produce and be a factor. He looks slow and soft. I just don't see the energy or leadership from him, which could be a major decision distraction down the road. I can see that contract right there affecting guys like Lindholm and Hannafin's decision to stay. Both Lindholm and Hannafin bring more to the table, but we'll never see Huberdeau money. As for the game, they're learning how to win, but I'm willing to have patience with this group. That's Mike and Regina. See, I I, I, I think, and I, Mike, I don't know this for sure about you, I, 
I think that in, especially in Huberto's case, because of how bad last year went, I think there's a little bit in some cases, I'm not going to say Mike's that, or uh, I just know that I can be very, very guilty myself of confirmation bias where, you know, I'm looking for something and then something happens. Like, oh, well, I told you that. But maybe it only happens once and that's enough to convince you that it's an everyday thing. So what my point is is that I think Huberto's actually been fairly – like he's he's looked fairly good, I felt over the last uh, the last couple of games, especially offensively. Like again today in this game, two shots on net, had five shot attempts, two individual scoring chances, and both from the slot. I don't find that he's passing up shooting opportunities anywhere near as much as he did last year. I find that he's more dangerous and more dynamic. I've actually felt that the last two games have been fairly positive for Huberdo. Um, like he, I thought he was great against Pittsburgh, thought he was good tonight um, against Washington, especially when it came to generating and, and the the thing that he's paid for most and that's offense. So I, I understand big picture what you're saying, Mike. Little picture. I've actually liked Huberdo the last couple of games personally. This from Joel and Cranston. Patty, the big buddy player's not dangerous enough. They're not winning one-on-one battles versus opposing D-men and creating scoring chances. Uh, this says, from Luke in Calgary, uh, thought the boys put in a good, honest effort, but like you discussed, they need to be more consistent and take advantage of advantages they're given. They can't put the blame on Markstrom, or we can't put the blame on Markstrom, even with the one stinker of a goal he tends to let in a game. He's been consistently their best player thus far. One player I think needs to pull up his big boy pants is Kadri. He's not been noticeable as he should be. Dubé has been and is playing like a boss. Maybe it's time to start mixing up the lines. I mean, they do that early in the year. Um, maybe we won't regret doing it later on. Uh, that comes from Luke and Calgary. I am curious to see if, if you know, the. I, I think the lines are still very much a work in progress. I'll say that much. And I'm curious to see if they are shuffled even a little bit going into the Buffalo game on Thursday. Shub says, uh, positives, the team looked fantastic to start, and Dubé could and should be this team's captain one day. Shades of last season unfortunately ruined the day. Pat, I'm curious who you think fits on a line with Kadri to get him going again, because I don't think they found a good line for him this season. Well, one guy I think is absolutely Dubé. I, I didn't mind Dubé with him in uh, in this game. I didn't mind uh, Dubé with him in game one either. I, th- I think Dubé on that line with, with Ruzicka, uh sorry, with, with Kadri and Ruzicka, I don't mind that at all. So I uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Dubé remain with, with Kadri. And with Dubé's pace, I think it gets Kadri going a little bit and forces Kadri to play with a little bit of a higher pace. So I, I do like Dubé with Kadri, and I have even going back to early last year as well. Uh, this says Matthew Phillips played six seasons with the Flames organization, so how is Sutter taking all the heat for not playing him down the stretch when they needed to win? Why was he not given a chance way before that with a previous coaching staff? You guys love to pile on people who are not here to defend themselves or talk tough now when Sutter's gone. I'll, I, don't, that, I don't agree with that only because I was very critical of them not playing Phillips all of last year, especially in the second half of the season. In fact, I was quite critical and said how frustrating it was that it might 
it might turn into a situation where we don't find out if he's an NHLer in a Flames uniform. So maybe some people, I don't know, I'm like I, I said that while Daryl Sutter was the head coach. I all throughout the time where Jacob Pelche was scratched there for ten games, I was very critical of it as well. So I, I. I Matthew Phillips, the last two seasons, has been a point-per-game player well over in the American League and has nary gotten a chance. He got two games in two seasons. And I know that there were plenty of people in the Flames organization who wanted to see him get more opportunity than the two games he got last year. So I'm not blaming Daryl Sutter for anything. I'm just saying it was frustrating that I think he should have been given more of an opportunity last year and only got two games in. Take that with uh, take that as you will. Uh, this says uh, from Joel, Kadri needs to make an impact out there. He seems disinterested and disengaged. Examples being he goes offside constantly in the bad overtime penalty. Flames need him to play at a higher level. Uh, this from Dan and Cochran. Uh, congrats to Phillips. Hope he continues to succeed there. Not a bad start to the season, but one thing that's concerning is they've lost five leads in the first three games of the season. It's early, and they scored first in all three, so no reason to panic. That is true. I, I do think managing leads is something they could do better for sure. Um, game management a little better in this game than it was against Pittsburgh. And the, there were one goal leads against Winnipeg in a pretty back-and-forth game. But the last two games, I think, are, are quite good examples of what you're talking about there, Dan. Yeah, I think there's some um, better management with leads would be uh, would go a long way. Uh, this from Sam. Uh, of course, Matthew Phillips sticks it to the team that drafted and developed him and gave him next to no opportunity. Another wasted potential player by that old regime. Overall, I've liked Markstrom's start so far this season. A bounce back is crucial to the Flames' success. I know it's early, but I'm concerned about where and from who the goals are going to come from this season. Well, I don't, I don't think it's going to be one guy leading the way with a ton. I, I think you're looking at a very um, by-committee type situation. Uh, that 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 I think you can I, I think that a guy like Lindholm is the guy that that you would count on leading the way. Uh, you add a little Coronado flair to it. I think that he's got a chance to add some goals. I agree with you're probably looking for a little bit more offensive pop from number 91 in Kadri. Um, I think that uh, you could use um, you know uh, if if if. Huberdo can get back to like the 15-20 range. That would be important. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that I think that it's going to be very much a by-committee thing. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, this says from Ash, I think it's time to reunite Manjapani, Backland, and Coleman. No points after three games for Backland and Coleman. I also hate to admit it, but Rizicka has been solid so far. Thoughts on both points. Um, on the point about reuniting that line, I'm never against it, but I actually haven't minded Manjapani on that line with Lindholm and Huberdo, so I might keep that going. And I'm not as I like. Do Backland and Coleman need to contribute? Yes. Do they need to contribute at like the primary leading the way level? Not as much. So I'm not as worried about them not having a point through the first three games. I think they play well together, and I actually quite like having Coronado on that line with them. That's something I'd actually like to keep seeing as uh, the season continues. Um, and this one from Zach and Winston Heights. Pat, I'm worried that the Flames don't have a finisher this year. Uh, they were all over them tonight. Should have closed it out in the second period, but here we go again. 
Also, Coleman's penalty shot was embarrassing. I don't know if it was embarrassing. I've seen worse, much worse than that. Uh, it wasn't like the greatest penalty shot I've ever seen. I thought it was fine. I thought he gave it a decent effort for a guy that's not necessarily his specialty. So I, I thought it was fine. Not the greatest penalty shot I've ever seen, but just fine. Great stuff so far on the text line at 960-960. Now to the phone lines at 403-240-4444 following a 3-2 shootout loss on the road in Washington. Let's kick it off tonight on your Flamestock phone lines, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Pat Steinberg, and Andrew's kicking us off. What's up, Andrew? Hey, Pat. How's your 2022 going? Uh, it's 2023, but it's going... Oh, okay. shoot. Sorry, I thought because it was so much Oh, like I see what you did there. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Okay. You know, you're just, you're just more clever than I am. <laughs> No, I'm not clever. Um, yeah, Huberto was awful again. I know you said, uh, but uh, like bias, uh, what is that? Um, confirmation bias or whatever you said. Yeah, confirmation bias. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. I've tried to look for good things about Huberto, and there, there's almost none on the power play. He was terrible. He was awful again today. He's going to go down as maybe one of the most hated flames in I, history. I just, I don't know. Like time. again, he's been dangerous. I don't know what. Like I throw, I throw numbers at you that are incontrovertible. Like he's been around it. He's been know, dangerous offensively. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I get it that he had an awful year last year. I, I really do. And I get it that you may not be a big fan of the player and may hate the contract. But like objectively, the last two games, he's he's been beyond fine. He's been one of their more dangerous players. I just rather my ten and a half million player have actual stats than uh, like analytics, right? You know, maybe well, he's a point per game player in the first three games. Of what, like, I don't, I don't know. Is that not, is that bad? No, no, of course it's not. But he plays, you know, on a, uh, power play one. I mean, he's going to get those opportunities. Ten and a half million is not good enough, and I'm, I'm sorry, it's just not. I mean, again, last year, a hundred percent, it was not good enough. This year, I just think the jury's out, and I think that you're. I, I think that it's a little early to say that, hey, there's no doubt about it, it's a bust and he's not going to be good this year when he's off to a pretty decent start. That's all. Right, yeah. I just uh, – yeah, maybe I am jaded by last year, but I just think it looked the exact same this year. The reason why they have so many overtime and, and shootout losses is because they don't have the skill to, to win in those. Like skill, three-on-three is all skill, shootout's all skill. They don't have skill. They okay, don't. They're sure. Slow, they're, they're slow, they're old. The goaltending actually has been really good, even though his numbers, I mean, he's been nothing, uh, not even close to the problem. But that's going to deteriorate. These contracts that they're, Cadre's 33, Huberto's now 31. This is supposed to be the good years of them. And they have been miserable. Cadre, I don't even know if he played tonight. Did he play? Yes, he played. Like, it's, it's, it's unacceptable. It, it just is. It's not. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just sick of it already. And it's not, eight, it's not three games in. It's 85 games of the same. Well, okay, but, that's, but that is where I think that you're, you're, like, I understand that it's tough to separate last year from this year, but there's a new coach, there's a new general manager, and whether you, li- whether you think it is the worst excuse in the history of hockey, mankind, <laughs> and the world yeah. – fact of the matter is, at no point did he feel comfortable last year, and at no point did he feel on solid ground. He does. He, it's a, he, he, like Jonathan Huberto, if we're talking about him specifically, he feels a whole lot better this year, and I think he's looked a whole lot more effective in three games. Right. So, for me, it's not 85 games. I'll give the guy one season benefit of the doubt. I understand he's on the biggest contract in franchise history. I also understand that that $10.5 million may never look like a great deal. But I can also 
sit there and say that when a guy has played decently through two games, that he's played decently. Uh, that's fair. And, like, anyone, doesn't matter if you're making 10 and a half or $15 an hour. If you feel uncomfortable and horrible with your boss at a job, yeah, that would be, mis- it'd be impossible to perform. That's fair. So, and that's all, that's all I'm saying, Andrew, is that I get that, yes, it's now 85. Well, not 85 because he missed a few games. But you know what I'm saying. It's, now, it's, season, yeah, 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 yeah. it's season two. And, but I just – I have seen signs that it's a slightly different Jonathan Hoover, though, personally. I hope, and I, hope, hope right. I, I hope that maybe he can uh, win you over at some point. I hope so as well. And I don't want to be all negative. Coronado has been, I think, awesome for three games. Like, it's nice to have it when Gaudreau and them left. You know when you have that one player you always kind of ISO and you look at when you're watching a game? It's nice to have the Flames have that with Coronado again. For me, anyway, he's looked. I think he's looked awesome. He's back-checked a couple times and the neutral zone where he picked a pass off and went the other way. I thought he's been looked amazing. Yeah, he's been. It's been solid, especially on the offensive side of things. And and I thought tonight specifically on on the areas that you're talking about too. He um, he did well a couple of times. Picked off some passes. Was was good away from the puck for a good chunk of this game. And and had a couple of really noticeable uh, noticeable nice reads away from the puck. So I uh, I'm with you there. I thought and uh, he was well above the um, well above the tread water line uh, at five yeah. on five possession. I, I thought Coronado had a good game. And I think I honestly think keeping him with Backlund and Coleman is something they could uh, really profit from here, uh, especially as Coronado gets more and more comfortable playing in the NHL. Yeah, a lot of young kids have done really well under Backlund, so he's not a got bad guy to probably put your rookie with. And last thing I'll say is Markstrom has not been the problem. He's been except he had like leaky goal today, but I think it did hit off Uyghur's skate or stick or one of the sticks. But he's been amazing, so I'm sure the text or the phones will say he's been awful, but he's been the least of their worries. Uh appreciate it. Good stuff, Andrew. That was fun chat. Take care, Pat. You too, man. Uh, 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Following a Flames 3-2 shootout loss on the road in Washington. George is up next. What's up, George? Not much, Patty. How are you doing tonight, buddy? Oh, much better because your phone is in garbage. You sound crystal clear. Good, good, So when we were live, I didn't, you know, I didn't notice it. And then I listened back. I'm like, oh, wow, how did that happen? Anyway. (laughs) All right. It it had to have been my carrier, pal. We muddle through. You weren't on Rogers. That's why. You weren't on Rogers. There's no Rogers here. So I I have an excuse. But anyway. Yeah, man. So first things first, I'm so tremendously happy for Matthew Phillips. I've been a fan of this kid for a long, long time. Uh you know, happy for him. He deserves it. I hope he, you know, forks out a long NHL career for himself. And, and there, I'm not going to lie, there's part of me that hopes he scores 30-plus this year and shoves it up the flames. You know what? You know? I mean, a kid you drafted from Calgary in the sixth round, no less, That and, and I find ironic and hilarious, they're needing more right-hand shots. And, you know, well, there he is on the other team, you know, Doing what he does, but it is what it is. So we'll move on from that. But seriously, I am happy for him. Like that's it's a great story, and I do wish him nothing but the best success because I've been a fan of this kid since the day we drafted him. Yeah, and he's pretty. He's a pretty easy guy to root for. We'll hear from him a little bit later on in the post game show as well. Like it, it's a good story. Um, and yeah, it's definitely a little frustrating that you know it's not. We're not going to find out if he's an NHLer as a member of the Flames, but. Um, yeah, I, I still think it's a good story, and and if you're happy for the kid, then I I don't blame you because he 
he was a real good trooper when he was with the Flames, and, and he got his opportunity in unrestricted free agency. And he went to a place that he felt he was going to get uh, a fair shake, and so far he has. And he has earned it. That's the thing. He has earned it. He deserves to be where he's at right now, you know? He absolutely has. Um, listen, I, I'm, fr- I'm frustrated, obviously. I can sense a frustration. I know it's three games in. But from, from afar, you like you watch, and it's like different GM, different coaches, same old flames, right? Three games in, I know. But you can – you kind of feel that anxiety. It's like what has to be done here? to change things other than the obvious, which will never happen. So we won't go down that path. No point to go there. But it, I will say one thing. Markstrom through three games has been good. Uh, even that goal tonight, that was, I think that hit Uyghur stick. And uh, I, look, he hasn't been the problem uh, so far. When uh, Believe me, I've said it before. I'll say it again. If he does become the problem, I'll be the first one to point it out. He is far from the problem in this team right now. A lot of people talking about Huberto. Uh, he's not even someone I'm concerned about at this time. Hodger's the guy I've been like not impressed with at all so far. And I know it's three games in, but this guy needs to step it up and step it up quick. I mean, the caller, the caller before me said it. This team already lacks skill as it is. So the guys that you brought in who have the big contracts, who are getting paid the, the money that they're getting paid because of what they've done prior need to continue that with this team. If they don't, then this team's going to have a very, very big problem winning games going forward. Yeah, I could, I, I, I think that, um, I think a little more from Kadri uh, would be would be good early on. I actually didn't. I did not mind Kadri in Game One. Uh, I thought he was actually pretty strong in the first game of the year, especially on the offensive side of the things. But uh, yeah, I have not been as enamored uh, over the last couple of games. That's for sure. No, 100%, you know, 100%. And and the thing is, as this season goes, because of the circumstances of, of the pending UFAs coming up, like, I have a feeling we're going to know by mid-November, end of November, what this what this team is or where, like, where their trajectory is in, in terms of the success or failures of this season, right? And at that point, they got to make some tough decisions, you know? So... It's it, this is going to be an interesting season for a lot of reasons, Patty. So it's it's like I said, I'm kind of watching with bated breath and open eyes because it's it's going to be interesting for a lot of reasons. There's a lot of storylines and a lot of narratives that got to play out this year. For sure. All right, my friend. Hey, it was great talking to you, my friend. I'm glad my phone sounded much better. I apologize for that the other night. <laughs> I hope you have a great night, pal. Hey, we got through it the other night, and uh, you were crystal clear tonight. Thanks, Georgie. Awesome, buddy. Take care. 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Flames lose 3-2 in a shootout to Washington on this Monday night. They drop to 1-1-1 on the season. We say hello to Robert. What's going on, Robert? Good evening, Patrick. Hello, sir. How are you? Happy belated birthday. Mine's coming up next week. So October, I told you, October is the month. It's the best month. I agree. You know, Patrick, (laughs) we're going to get into it after the third game. I have to say what I'm finished. I'm not going to comment on the first three games because the Winnipeg game, you see what it was. Winnipeg outplays and outscale. We won. I'm not going to go individual game, Daddy. Maybe we should have won, got an extra, but we should have win it back. I'm going to call you after this road trip because I think we played three, four, nine playoff teams, Buffalo, Detroit, Columbus, 
We'll see where we stand after this playoff, after this road trip. Okay. Now let's get into what I want me and you. Patty, ten dollar ten million players, nine million players cannot be decent. They have to be difference makers. Decent is not in my vocabulary, it's not good enough, Patty. How can you say Patty is decent? Decent is not good enough. He's just a ten and a half million. Calgary gets the money. They have to be difference maker. They have to change the game. Decent is not good enough, Patty. Go ahead. Well, I, if I said decent, I I think that Huberdeau's been good the last two games. I do. Good is not good enough either. Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't know what you want me to say. Like, I think he's been good they the have last to be two difference games. Difference makers. They have to put the team on their back and. Win the game. That's what those kind of players make Fair their enough. money have to do it. Fair enough. But the contract, like, I, what the contract signed, man, like, I don't, like. Yes. It is what it is. But and It is what it is, Patty. But, you know, Patty, you know, I love you dearly. Patrick, I'm tired of these excuses. Last year coming from Florida, climatizing New City, preseason, these guys know when to get up. No, Patty. They have to start producing. Well, I don't I want mean, to hear this game. Robert, it's only great. the third they... game, the fifth game, the tenth game, the twice. Because you always give these players alibi. In January, we're going to say, you know, it's Christmas, family time. We always give these kind of players the leash. That they don't have well, to I'm not going to give them a leash about Christmas family time. I've never used that one before. No, no. Uh, but you know, when, they, when we played those dog days in January, what do you refer to those games? You know, on the road playing, maybe. You do, you understand what I'm trying to say? All all I know, Robert, is that last year was not was was the worst mm-hmm. year of Jonathan Huberdeau's mm-hmm. career. That's all I know. Yeah. It, the prior four years, he was well over a point per game, and so I guess what I'm trying to say is, okay, last year he was god awful. How come? Mm-hmm. Is it because he forgot mm-hmm. how to play the sport? Or is it because there were some other underlying factors? And you can call them mm-hmm. excuses. You can call them soft, which I don't think is fair, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever you want to do. But okay. th- there had to be some sort of reason why a guy who was well over a point per game in four straight seasons mm-hmm. all of a sudden dropped by 60 points from one year to the next. So far, mm-hmm. through three games this year, he's got three points mm-hmm. in three games. Is Jonathan oh, oh, oh. Hupko ever going to be a guy who takes over a hockey game uh, and, and puts a team on his back? Probably not. That's probably not no. who he is. It even wasn't who he was when he had 115 points mm-hmm. uh, with, with the Florida Panthers. He is who he is. So I, I don't... I don't know what more you want me to say. No, no, I think I he's been Patty. good so, to start this is, season. No, no. I, I watch hockey, Patty, many years, over 40 years. I'm not a general manager. I don't have a Sunday Cup. So, basically, what you're saying, we're paying a player $10.5 million. I didn't sign the contract. No. You didn't sign the contract. The current so general manager didn't sign the contract. Okay. They are, they've got Jonathan Huberto at $10.5 million. So... That's right. So he was signed by people who should have a hockey education in the business to be there for a long time. So you know what that tells me? Some of these people around this organization are really close or have no idea what they're doing. Because that's right. You hit it on the nail. I didn't sign up. You didn't sign up. People who beat around hockey, who watch hockey, they signed up. Okay, country. What's Kadri saying now this year? Uh, what's Kadri saying? Is it because uh, he's won a Sunday Cup? He doesn't need a 
What's, what's Kadri's problem, Patty? I want to hear your opinion, and I'm not trying to be sarcastic. I uh, I don't I don't know. I, you don't I think, know. I think that um, I think that they need more from. Look, they need more from both Huberdeau and Kadri mm-hmm. than what they got last year. Yeah. Of course they do. Uh, mm-hmm. And they they need Kadri to be more like the guy he was in the first thirty games last year, mm-hmm. where he was probably their most impactful offensive guy, and and he was the right choice to go to the All Star game. They need that guy a whole lot more than they need the guy that ended the season, and they need Started quickly. The and they need more. The... They need more from Huberdeau than they got last season. And I so far, I think that it's somewhat positive what we've seen from uh, what we've seen from Huberdeau to start the year, and may, hopefully that continues. Buddy, quickly, the best three forwards in the first three games of Calgary. Give, give, give me a couple of names on the Flames through the first three games. Uh, yeah. Huberdeau, uh, Lindholm, Manchpani would be the three that come to mind for me. Thank you, you said, though. I'm going to finish with this, Patty. You're going to love this, because I said this last year. We have finishers on this team. Huberto, Kadri, and when we sign Lindholm, that will be the finishers. That will be the final finish on this franchise for the next seven, eight years. Remember what I said to you, Patty. I said this last year, not this year. All right. These two players are going to put the, cough, the nail in the coffin. And Lindholm's going to be even better. Have a good night, sir. Good to hear from you, Robert. Always a pleasure. Uh, phone line's open at 403-240-4444 if you want to chat. I love Robert. I uh, I quite enjoy it. And I always know that I have to, like, when Robert when Robert calls, he says, okay, Patty, we're going to get into it. I know that I got to go find the internal dial and turn it up a couple notches because I have to be on my game to go tete-a-tete with, uh, with Robert. So, um, well played, sir. I enjoyed that conversation. I don't agree with everything you said, but I always enjoy the chats. Let's say hello to James on the Flames Talk phone lines following a, a fi- – uh, one was – what was the final score? Uh, 3-2 in a shootout was the final score. Flames fall to the Washington Capitals. What's up, James? Hey, Patty. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. I watched the game today, and uh, the first, like, 10 minutes of the first period, the Flames were all over them. Like, they were wave after wave after wave. So what what happened after that? And, like, and then we should have uh, we should have won in the third. Like, the penalty shot in two power plays, we should have buried at least one of those. And, uh, that uh, breakaway save on uh, T.J. Oshie was that's absolutely incredible. Markstrom has just been standing on his head, and I hope he can keep going like that. Yeah, uh, I thought Markstrom uh, gave his team an opportunity to win tonight. Um, yeah, the, the thing that I think is most important that you said there, James, is is the part about look. They had opportunities to win this game, and they they didn't take advantage of them. And and that's something that is we we remember how frustrating last year, um, how how frustrating they were last year, and that's that's an area that you really need to see some 
progression in this year. And and I thought there was progression today, for instance, in the fact that they, you know, they did more with their zone time. They spent more time on the attack than Washington did by a significant margin. And I thought they did a pretty good job of generating some good looks. Now the next part is finishing on those looks, and, and we'll see where it goes. If they don't, well, it's – you know, going to remain yeah. frustrating. If 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 that finishing can can come around, then all of a sudden, I, I think that maybe this uh, is is a slightly different uh, this is a slightly different narrative about the around this team. And uh, two more things. Uh, I I hope the hitting uh, the crossbars don't come back and bite us later on in the year. And I hope uh, the Flames can pull out a win on Thursday in Buffalo. Have a good night. Thank you, James. Appreciate it, buddy. And in fairness. Um, Washington hit three posts in this game today as well. Uh, one more before we head back inside the Flames locker room. We'll hear from uh, Dylan Dubé in just a second. Phone lines remain open, though, at 403-240-4444. Anand is with us. Welcome back, Anand. What's going on? Well, good evening, Patty. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, I saw the game as well tonight. Uh, great goal by uh, Dubé and Rosiska. Uh, my couple of questions for you, maybe, first of all, uh, what do you think will get the Flames boys maybe some consistency in their game? I know they lack uh, the motivation or the energy in the second and third period. First period, they always try to score and be energetic. What do you think is holding them back in the second and third period? Uh I don't know if there's one thing that's necessarily holding them back. Um, I think I think a lot of what we've seen is just um, a couple of. I, I mean, honestly, what's holding them back is that they've they've just made some ill-timed mistakes. Uh, for instance, like in the second period today, they played a pretty good second period, but there was a stretch there where um, they kind of uh, let Matthew Phillips and Sonny Milano get a, a little bit of a, an odd man situation. Maybe Rizicka a little bit um a little bit slow on the back check and so that uh that kind of allowed the uh scoring chance to be a little more dangerous maybe from what i saw uh so it's just it's it's small things it's i guess what i would say to you it's game management that so far has held them back um and and being able to be on it and dialed when you know you're in a pretty good situation like they were today and up to nothing in the second period so that that i guess would be how i would answer what's holding them back i think it's fixable we'll see if i'm right yeah, gotcha. And maybe one last question uh, regarding Marshall. I know he was great tonight, uh, but maybe what are your bets of predictability for next game against Buffalo? Would it be same uh, Jacob Marshall starting again, or would it be Vladar? I think Vladar will start one of the next two games, uh, either against Buffalo or Columbus. We'll see which way they go. Uh, I, I don't. Um, my guess, I have no idea what they'll do. Uh, if it were me, I'd go Markstrom one more time against the Sabers, and then go Vladar against the Blue Jackets. But I could see why they might switch it up and go the other way. We'll we'll see what they end up doing. All right, good predictions, Matt. All right, thank you so much for the chat once again. Thank you, man. Good night and talk to you soon. Okay, brother. Have a great night. Yeah, you too. Take it. Bye. Thanks, buddy. Uh, let's do this. Phone lines remain open. If you want to chime in, do so now at 403-240-4444. Text line open at 960-960. Uh, jump in line on both mediums. Text line, phone line if you'd like to. It's your Flames Talk post game on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And let's head back inside the Flames locker room. Dylan Dubé, goal and an assist in the 3-2 shootout loss to Washington tonight. Let's hear from Dubé post game in Washington. 
Well, maybe just um, start with kind of your overall feeling when you leave a game like this and uh, obviously shoot up. Uh, you know, you know what I think uh, structure-wise and um, effort from you know individuals getting better every game. Um, you know, I think there's some little things we need to uh, you know keep reinforcing, keep getting better. But uh, it's a hard-fought game by everybody tonight. It's a tight game. We go to shootout. Um, you know, even early on in the year when you know, making some tweaks doing that, it's a good game. It's good, you know, good 65 minutes there. What about in the third? It kind of did feel like, um, you know, it's a couple of chances both ways, but it felt like you had your looks. Did you kind of feel the same? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, that's the way we want to be as a team is, you know, play that hard hockey for 60 minutes. But, you know, the last 10 minutes of games, we want to be the team pushing, uh, creating stuff. And, um, you know, I thought we had a, you know, a lot of looks uh, in the third period there to create some opportunities. With that first period, as you kind of described it, just, you know, the way that you were able to generate second chances, create turnovers, it kind of felt like your period from start to finish. Is that kind of the brand that we would expect to see when you're at your best? For sure. I think we need to need to wear teams down. I think we, you know, keep reinforcing playing with speed, playing fast, um, you know, all over it and in your face kind of hockey. And, uh, you know, guys are working hard battling right now. Think of those two quick ones. How did you like the way the team managed the adversity this time, maybe versus the other night? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, even, yeah. you know, those two is going to happen in hockey. Um, you know, for us, I thought we, um, uh, Shara, Greerzy, and Walks went out uh, the next shift there, and they, they had a grind shift down low and got the momentum back for our, ga- for our team. And um, we built off that. We need that from, you know, each line, every guy, when momentum's not going our way to try and get it back as quick as we can. There you go. That is Dylan Dubé. Goal and an assist in the 3-2 shootout loss in Washington. Best game of the year for Dylan. That's a really encouraging night for him. He was one of their best players, no doubt about it. Uh, Dylan Dubé, post-game in Washington, and now Captain Michael Backlund following tonight's shootout loss against the Caps. Michael, maybe just kind of take me through this game. I mean, it, it obviously had some back and forth to it the first, and then uh, they answered with the two in the second. But that third same seemed pretty, pretty even and balanced. What did you take out of it? Yeah, no, I thought we were the better team for most of the game. Found five. Um, I think uh, it was our best game so far this year. From um, like everyone chipped in and played well, and uh, I thought we created a lot of chances. And um, yeah, they, you know, they got a couple quick goals there in the second. And other than that, I thought we were the better team and. Um, so yeah, it's a, you know, we'll take the point. Uh, again, it's a process, uh, but it's, you know, we're trying in the right direction. We're playing some better hockey. Uh, I mean, Dylan just kind of explain. I mean, that first period, you know, from start to finish, it, when when you guys are at your best, is that kind of what it looks like in terms of creating second chances and, and turnovers in the offense as well? Yeah, for sure. We talked lots about playing without the puck, and we want to be aggressive and force teams uh, to make turnovers and make mistakes and stay with it for a full sixty and wear teams down and. Um, I think we did it tonight. Uh, just couldn't find a winner. Some building blocks, though, as you as you said, when you kind of look ahead, lots to take away from this one. Yeah, uh, thought it was a final five, really good game from us. Um, you know, power play, we score one, but we got two looks when it's a tie game in the third. We want to do better there, uh, create more and and score. Um, other than that, I thought we did a good job tonight. 
there you go, Michael Backlund, his post-game thoughts after this one tonight as well. It's time to select tonight's Player with Heart. It's brought to you, as always, by our friends at HeartFit Clinic, and I'm kind of torn between two here. Um, I'm just going to take one more look before I make my decision. Uh, I am going to go with our Player with Heart tonight as Dylan Dubé. Honorable mention to A.J. Greer, who I thought had a really strong third game with the Flames. All three games he's played in, I think Greer's been really impressive. So honorable mention to Greer, but I'm going to go with Dylan Dubé as uh, tonight's player with heart. Had a goal and an assist, which helps. Uh, but here's the rest of his night. Three shots on goal, six shot attempts. Five of those uh, attempts were scoring chances, and three of those six were from the slot. I just thought he was a, a really solid goal, a solid player for the Flames tonight. I thought he was around it. I thought he showed a lot of determination. Uh, and, and I just thought it was uh, the type of game that you need from Dylan Dubé, especially because I wasn't huge on his first two games of the year, so I thought he was strong. Um, and I'm going to go Dylan Dubé as tonight's player with heart. The player with heart brought to you by HeartFit Clinic for heart fit assessments and proven treatments. Not available at your doctor's office. Visit heartfit.ca. Let's take one more look inside the Flames locker room and let's take it with Matthew Phillips as uh, Phillips was one of the stories of this hockey game because uh, the former Flames draft pick and the former sixth round pick, the former member of the Flames, had himself a pretty cool night. He signed a contract with Washington during the offseason. And tonight scores his first career NHL goal and adds his first career NHL point. His uh, first ever two points in the NHL come against his hometown team, the Calgary Flames, the former Calgary Buffaloes uh, product, former uh, Stockton Heat and Calgary Wranglers standout. Let's hear from Matthew Phillips inside the locker room as uh, the Calgary kid gets his first career NHL goal in a 3-2 win for his team in a shootout over the Flames. Matt, how important was that uh, second period after the game started? Uh, yeah, well, first and foremost, uh, just like to send my thoughts to the Snow family back in uh, Calgary. It's pretty, um, pretty heavy thing, and everyone involved. Uh, it's it's a difficult thing, but they're making the most of it. So, just sending my thoughts there. But um, you could repeat that question. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. After the way the game started. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought we we obviously kind of got outplayed there in the first, and Kemp's was great, and uh, we kind of just got back to our game and put a little more pressure on them, used our speed a little bit better, and uh, to get a couple there and and tie the game up and kind of swung the momentum for us and kind of carried that into the third. First goals are always special, but how much more sweet is it to do it against your former team? Uh, feels pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I, I guess this game wasn't about revenge for you. I think you said that, but just what what you know? What do you what do you think you showed tonight? Maybe whoever you want to show it to. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always trying to play my best every single game, and tonight was no different. I mean, obviously, it's it's kind of funny that we ended up playing them the second game of the season, and it kind of happened pretty quick. But um, yeah, it was great, and uh, I'm very lucky to play with some awesome players and see the pass Sunny made. I just kind of had to bury it. So anything go through your mind when you when you score the first goal or while you're sitting on the bench after? Uh, yeah, a lot actually. It's uh, it's a pretty cool moment and something that I've done in my head about a million times. So to actually do it is uh, it it feels pretty awesome. The golf game seemed to help out. It was a bit of a chip. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. It's about a sixty degree. I think. <laughs>
Nice to also get the assist and help tie it up a couple minutes later. Yeah, for sure. I mean, sometimes uh, I find, especially in second periods with long change, momentum can be an even bigger factor. And uh, Mikey made a great play there to pull and shoot, so it's nice to tie that up. What did it mean to you to have your dad in the house to see that tonight, too? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's uh, a long way from home here, and um, anytime he can watch or, or any family, it's pretty special. So I'm sure uh, he's going to remember it for sure. Could you ever wrap that? Not only would you get your first goal against your home team, you the first start of the game as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Something I'll I'll probably have to reflect on tomorrow and tonight a little bit. But um, yeah, I don't have many words. It's just a pretty awesome feeling. Did any of your former teammates and you exchange any words of friendly words on the ice? Or? Uh, tonight was all business. I said hi to a few guys yesterday at the practice rink, and I'll probably try to go say a quick hello after. Why is your line clicking so so well right now? What is it about you? I mean, well, those two are um, extremely skilled. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't think any of us are the fastest or necessarily the strongest guys. But I think we all think the game in a, in a similar way. And um, I, I couldn't be in a better position playing with them. And they've helped me a lot. What are you going to do with the puck? I don't know yet. They took it away already. So maybe it's getting framed or something. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> you all thought it was inevitable you were going to score tonight, did you? Uh, I... I like to picture myself scoring every night, so uh, <laughs> I guess it just happened tonight. <laughs> Did you know, like, once it was on the tape that I was going to go in? Uh, I wasn't sure. I was just like, please come to me, please come to me. And, yeah, it was a pretty unbelievable pass, so it was awesome. And you probably could have had a hat trick. You had to get a couple more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the way the game goes sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you just got to keep whacking away sometimes. There you go. That is Matthew Phillips' post-game Uh him and the Washington Capitals. He was a big part of Washington's comeback shootout win over the Flames tonight. 3-2 the final score. We don't usually play uh, stuff on the other side, but when it's Matthew Phillips, former Flames pick, Calgary product, a lot of Flames fans were happy for him. I'm sure they would have loved it if it was against uh, another team that he scored his first NHL goal, but it wasn't, and I uh, just wanted to make sure we played that on our Flames Talk post game as well. It's Pat Steinberg along with you. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts as uh, we are well underway on our Flames Talk postgame show on this Monday night. And it's time to look ahead. Looking ahead is brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech. And so here's what's coming up next for the Flames. Uh, they're into Buffalo on Thursday night for game three of this five-game road trip. Again, that's a 5 o'clock face-off. Sportsnet West will have the game on television. And the Flames look to continue some of their recent really uh, recent success rather on the road in Buffalo. Flames have won there in each of their last five trips. So as they go back to Buffalo for the only time this year, Flames will look for a sixth consecutive win on the road in Buffalo. They uh, won every game there that they've played dating back to March 2018. Now, obviously, they only go there once a year, but still, uh, they've won every time they've gone to Buffalo since March of 2018. Try to make that six in a row on Thursday. Uh, the Flames then go into Columbus on Friday to take on Johnny Gaudreau and the Blue Jackets. Then Sunday night, they wrap up this five-game road trip. Sunday afternoon, rather, they wrap up this five-game road trip against the Detroit Red Wings. And that is looking ahead, and it's brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit Oncolytics Biotech. Com. Let's uh, head to the text line at 960-960. 
as uh, the Flames fall 3-2 in a shootout to the Capitals tonight. And uh, let's start with this one. Says, uh, to all these people wanting to burn down the team three games in at 1-1-1, one, one, and one, just look, look up Highway 2. Could be worse, and we could have been blown out the first two games against the Canucks. In fairness, they were only blown out in Game 1 against the Canucks. In Game 2, it was a one-goal game. But yes, the Oilers are 0-2, and, and that's not going um, over very well to start the season in our uh, in the other city in this province. Uh, but I think the Oilers will probably get it figured out. I'm still not sold on the... Uh on the Canucks, but maybe I will be. Who knows? Uh, this reads at 960-960 from Tank. Capitals hit the post three times. What would the game have been like if they'd all gone in? Not a Markstrom fan. Uh, fair enough. I mean, I don't think that uh, the, the posts are the posts. Um, that's not a Markstrom thing, unless the two things aren't related, uh, in which case you're well entitled to not be a Markstrom fan. I thought he was fine. Uh, Paul does not like me using that term fine. I heard you say Markstrom was fine. Fine is not good enough to beat a lot of teams in today's NHL. He's paid top dollar to be one of their top players, and until he gets his old groove back, I'm not confident they have the scoring ability to win more than they lose. Paul in Westman Village sending that. I got to say, I think he has been one of their best players, Paul. I really do. I think he's been one of their better players so far. Uh, this season. I, I have not had a problem with Jacob Markstrom's uh, nine periods, nine periods plus overtime. Uh, I think he's been generally one of their four or five best players to start the year. So I, I don't know if that qualifies for what you're looking for or not, but I, I've, I, I would say that he has been one of their better players so far to start the season. Again, that's my opinion. Others disagree, and, and I, I fully am aware that there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of discourse on Jacob Markstrom, and there's a lot of uh, conversation about, you know, what he should be here or there or whatever, but I think he's been good to start the year. I do. Uh, Noor in Coventry Hill says, Pat, I love the optimism and positive spin. Someone's got to do it, but Markstrom still letting in one bad goal a game, and the big guns like Kadri and Huberto look old and slow when dominance is expected. On the flip side, Ruzicka, Coronado, and Manchapani looking good. That's from Noor in Co- Coventry Hills. I, I don't agree. Again, like I, I don't look at the goals that Markstrom has let in and say there's been an, an egregiously bad one. I really don't. Um, and and sure, uh, call me an apologist if you'd like. I, I just don't think that there have been uh, any that you're like, oh, that is 100% one that he needs to have back because I look at the goal that Connor scored, he dragged it through a defender. And I look at the goal that was scored tonight that McMichael scored. Yeah, it looks not the greatest, but again, it's through a defender and it gets deflected by weaker. I just, sometimes I think, and, and maybe again, if you want to call me an apologist, sure. I just don't think he's been a guy that needs to be at the front of the criticism list so far through three games. Uh, I also think Huberdeau has been good. Uh, I think Kadri struggled. Um, Rizicka and Coronado have looked good and Mange has been good for him as well. Um, I, I do think they need more from Kadri. They need more, I think, from... They probably are going to need some more at some point from the backland line. Um... I think Huberdeau's been good. I thought Lindholm was good in the first two games. Maybe a little bit more from him tonight would have been good. Anyway, uh, what else we got here at 960-960? 
Some disturbing similarities with last year. Difficulty scoring goals. Can score three on three. Lots of credit to them for killing that overtime penalty, though. They can score in shootouts. Then Huska sends Huberto out for the shootout. Sutter used to do that, and it didn't work. Huberto's not a goal scorer. Kadri, I guess I can understand. Sharon Govich had a hard shot off the crossbar, but that doesn't count. They hit lots of posts and crossbars last year, too. Why not Coronado and or Mangiapane? Uh, I actually thought the, the, the Sharon Govich decision... But, like, that was a deceptive shot. Um, that was the best. I thought that was the best of the three shootout decisions was Sharon Govich because he came in and he absolutely labeled that one. It was off by about a half inch, and he had Kemper completely frozen. So I actually thought the Sharon Govich call, I'd like to see him again next time they're in the shootout because that looked dangerous. Um this says at 960, 960, Heath says, what the heck? All Marky did tonight was make timely saves, LOL. Um, this at 960, 960. Um, this says, actually, you know what? I was, you know, I'll read it just because um, it's somewhat funny, even though I th- I think Huberdeau's played well the last couple of games. Huberdeau was looking for someone to pass to on a shootout attempt. I, I didn't mind the shootout attempt either. Um, but, I, again, I think Huberdeau's been good the last two games. You might not, and that's fair. We can agree to disagree. Great stuff on the text line tonight at 960-960. Always appreciate all the input on the text line. Thanks for being a part of Flames Talk uh, by uh, on, on that medium. And three more phone calls before we wrap things up on your Flames Talk postgame as well as we say hello to Darren on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now with us on Flames Talk postgame. What's up, Darren? Um, I got to ask you a question. Uh, I know it's only three games in, mm-hmm. but where are the Flames going to end up in their division at the end of the year? Uh, well, I mean, I'll just tell you what I uh, what I kind of um, did our <laughs> predictions preseason. Three games in, they're one, one, and one. I have them finishing third. Third? Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Appreciate your opinion. I feel they're going to end up in last place. They okay, don't, they're going to finish worse than San Jose. You bet they are. They don't. They don't have the talent. And the two that they did sign for big contracts, and I've heard the other people call in and stuff like that, but the two that they signed for contracts are really no better than Milan Lucic. No, no better at all. The contract isn't better either. The contract's worse, and they got the same as they got in Milan. You're, ta- you're talking about you're talking about Huberto and um, and Cadre, especially Cadre, especially. Like these guys, these guys are professional players. Well, players Darren, I, I appreciate like I, I appreciate that you're not a fan of the players or the contracts. I, I I'll, I'll say that the neither contract looks uh, super A-plus right now, although I am hopeful as to what I've seen from Huberto to start this season. The the take about them being worse than Anaheim and San Jose, like, have at it. I don't agree. Uh, I don't think they're going to finish last. I think they're significantly better than those teams, but uh, whatever. We call back at the end of the year? You tell me. Uh, tell yeah, me exactly. That's what I was just going to say. I'll call you back on game 82. And uh, what's the bet? You know, there, either I'm like, right or uh, do you, do you I'm want right or I'm wrong. That? Yeah, I don't know. I uh, if I had a hundred bucks, I'd throw it in Vegas right now. Flames ending up last place, and man, would that be a would that be a nice winning? 
I don't know if they do. Anyway, Darren, I appreciate the call tonight. Have a great night. I don't know if they do last place odds. I'm not sure that they do that. Anyway, um, Darren is the most cynical that we've heard. I'll say that much. We've heard some cynics. Uh, Darren would be number one at the front of the line of the cynics on the program. And as always, you are entitled to your opinion. Uh, Will has got our last call. You're wrapping us up on the phone lines tonight. Will, what's going on? Hey, Pat. Um... Anyhow, I wanted to uh, make a comment, and uh, Elias Lindholm, we got to get that guy signed. Okay. If you ask me, he's one of the most valuable players on that team, and um, he he would be a guy I'd invest the money into. So what I would like to see, Kadri, I never liked him last year. I don't like him this year. And I think he's overpaid, and his contract is way too huge. The longer we keep him, the less we're going to get for him. So I, just I think, would get I just rid think of his Kadri. contract's difficult to trade. Like uh, he's got he's got six years left on it. That's a tough that's a tough one to trade in this economic situation. Like if if they are going to um, think about trading uh, a guy like Kadri. I, I don't know if now is the time to do it because six years left and a flat cap and like almost every team in the league is tight against the cap. If you want to go down that road, maybe maybe know, after this year when the cap changer. goes up, but I, I just I don't know if it's feasible right now. I know, but you still need to free up money if you're going to lock in Lindholm. And I believe I would like Lindholm over Kadri any day. And... I don't know. Whatever that takes, I would get rid of Kadri because the guy isn't a game changer. He's not going to be that guy who changes the game. And with the players Calgary has right now, I just don't think Kadri is a fit. And we could use that money to lock up players. Well, but here's the problem. Here's the problem with that, Will, is that if you're if you're trying to trade him right now, you're going to have you're not getting a good return. You're probably not going to be trading away all his money. You're going to have to eat some and or take back a, a bad contract in return. It just isn't feasible in my opinion anyway. It's not feasible right now. And and I think it's it's far more it makes a whole lot more sense to see if you can get Kadri back to the guy he was in the first 30 35 games of last year where he was really good for him like I still think there's there's uh productivity and I still think there's good hockey left here from Nazem Kadri has not been an incredible start to the season obviously a really frustrating final 40 games or so of last year but I I I just I I think it would be a silly time with the contract and the current cap situation in the NHL to go down that road, in my opinion. But we can agree to disagree right, on that one. Right now, you are right. Like, I'm not saying trade him right now. But I'm just saying he's he's a player that I'd like to offload in order to keep Lindholm. Later on... And and you know what? Might that that might be something that they have to explore if they are going to want to keep Lindholm. Yeah, and I think Lindholm, uh, he could very well wear that C. 
And I think you would have been. I think you probably would have been. Backlund, Backlund is good too. I think, and, and I think, I think Lindholm might have very well been in consideration for it had had he, you know, been signed to a contract and under contract. But that was something that they, um, they, they, they weren't prepared to put the C on somebody who didn't have a contract uh, beyond this coming year, so or this year rather. Correct. So, yeah. yeah. And the other player that they need to lock up is Hannafin. Isn't he on his last year too? He is, and you know, in both in both cases, I think it would be good to lock up Hannafin on a long term deal if he wants to stay. Um, I think that's the big question right now: is does he want to stay? And the same is true when we're talking about Lindholm. How much does he want to stay? So that's that's what it's going to come down to, uh, as much as anything yeah. else, in locking them up. Because if they don't want to stay, then they're going to have to look at trading him because I don't think you can lose either guy for nothing. No, and correct. And both those players are looking for more money, right? And that's another reason why I mentioned Kadri. If you get rid of that player, we don't lose a lot. We really don't. And if you can lock up Lindholm and you can lock up Hannafin. Well, the problem is, though, you're not going to be moving Kadri. I, I don't think moving Kadri makes a lot of sense right now, A. And B, I don't think you're going to get a, a, a trade that makes a lick of sense before you need to make a decision on Lindholm and Hannafin. So I, I just I don't know if the timing works on that personally. And, yeah, you're probably right on that. But I don't see him being a big value. You could even get uh, draft choices for next year, right? Well, I don't know. You're and sitting here get telling rid me of the how bad Kadri is. Way, and then you're lock saying, up Lindholm. Lock up Hannafin. Okay, but again, Will, if, if Hannafin doesn't want to stay, then you can't lock him up. That's correct, but you're not going to even have a chance to lock him up if you don't have the money to offer the guy. Well, you'll they, they can they can figure that out in the off season. I just don't think that they would be needing to trade Kadri right now. Anyway, well, we we got to move on. I appreciate it. Well, you have yourself a great night. Okay, and one last thing, I think Daryl caught a, cost us a lot of young players last year, uh, and I think he's one of the biggest reasons why we lost Chucky. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think that um, specifically on the Kachuk front, I think it, 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 had an, uh, it had an effect. I don't know if it was the only reason why, but I think it, it definitely played some sort of a part, yeah. Yeah, and that was a big game changer, and we lost the guy. All due to coaching and and no, uh not all no due one, to that no one he also anyway well i gotta move on i appreciate the call it wasn't all too um it wasn't all because of daryl sutter that that he left um there were a lot of other things involved there they could have signed him to a long-term deal in 2019 they signed him to a bridge that gave him all kinds of leverage and he used it like he was completely entitled to so i, I don't think it was all a daryl sutter thing that Matthew Kachuk left. There were a, a number of things that played into it. Anyway, appreciate the phone calls tonight. Uh, good stuff on the phone lines. Great stuff on the text line, as always, at 960-960. As we start to wrap things up on your Flames Talk post-game show, and we get to our final summary on this Monday night, where the Flames never trailed in this game, uh, which I think would be frustrating to some because uh, they did cough up a lead in this game. They got out to a 2-0 start in the first period as Adam Rzichka opened the scoring at 
the 447 mark of the first period. Ruzicka snapping a 32-game goalless drought with his first of the season. Noah Hannafin, Dylan Dubé, the assists, and it was 1-0 Flames. Then late in the period, on the power play, Calgary goes up in front by two as Dubé redirects home his first of the season. Uh, Dubé from Noah Hannafin and Adam Rizicka at 17-12. That power play goal gave the Flames a 2-0 lead after 20 minutes of play. In the second period, Washington fights back in a special moment for former Flame, former Flames pick, and uh, Calgary product Matthew Phillips, who scores his first career NHL goal at the 6:48 mark of the second period and does so against his former team and his hometown team. Matthew Phillips from Sunny Milano at 6.48, made it 2-1. Just over three minutes later, Capitals tie it on a Connor McMichael goal. McMichael's first of the season from Phillips and John Carlson at 9.54, just like that. 2-2 tie. That was your score after 40. To the third period we go. No scoring in the third. And overtime we go despite taking a penalty in the final two minutes and sending the Hawks and a nice and the Hawks I'm looking at the TV screen and they're on the TV screen the Capitals to a, a 95 second power play to end off overtime four on three uh, the Flames kill that off and so nothing doing in overtime nothing solved through 65 minutes two two your score heading to a shootout uh, final shots before we went to the shootout 40 23 in favor of the Flames Calgary one for five on the power play Washington 0 for three with with their man advantage to a shootout we went as Evgeny Kuznetsov started it off for Washington and scored. Jonathan Huberdo would not score for Calgary. Uh, and in fact, Calgary would not score in this shootout because both TJ Oshie and Alex Ovechkin don't score on their next shots, but neither do Yegor Sharangovich or Nazem Kadri for the Flames and the Capitals win the shootout 1-0 and they win the game 3-2. Three stars tonight, number three, with a goal and an assist, Adam Rizicka. Number two, making 20, 38 saves was uh, Darcy Kemper in net for the Capitals. And with that goal and the assist, Matthew Phillips named the number one star this evening. With the shootout loss, Calgary falls to 1-1-1. One, one, and one. They're back in action Thursday on the road in Buffalo, while Washington improves to 1-1-0. One, one, oh. They're back in action Wednesday on the road in Ottawa. That is your final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames Hockey tonight, for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson and for our outstanding producer Azam Nanji. My name is Pat Steinberg. That'll wrap us up on our Flames Talk post-game show available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon or wherever you get your podcasts. Next up for the Flames as we mentioned, Buffalo on Thursday that is a 5 o'clock face-off which means we're on the air at 4 o'clock with your Calgary Flames warm-up. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your Monday. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Final score from Washington tonight. Flames fall 3-2 in a shootout to the Capitals. This has been your Flames Talk post game show, and this has been Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.